At Wildwood Community Church, we are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. We're for the church, for the community, for the nations, and for the next generation. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. It is Christmas Eve morning. What a huge privilege it is for us to be able to gather as a church family on Christmas Eve morning. You know, normally we have our Christmas Eve services only in the evening, but because today is a Sunday, we have morning and evening, same service, but we're able to offer it in these different times. And I, for one, am super excited to have a Christmas morning service, Christmas Eve morning service. And the reason why is simple. I can't wait for Christmas. Now, I'm guessing that some of you in the room also would echo that sentiment, that Christmas is something that you look forward to, that you can't wait for every year. So here's what I want you to do. When I count to three, I want you to point in the direction of the member of your family that has the hardest time waiting for Christmas, okay? They might be in the room. You might point at them. They might be someplace else. You point in the general direction where they are. But are you ready? One, two, three, point. Okay, a bunch of y'all are pointing right here in this room at somebody. I want you to know I'm pointing north towards Bartlesville, my hometown where my dad is. My dad is famous for not being able to wait for Christmas. But I got to be honest, I inherited that from him. I also have a hard time waiting for Christmas. It shows up and when I want to begin listening to Christmas music, yep, I'm one of those folks. It shows up when I want to get the lights on the house. It shows up in all of those ways, but it also shows up in gift giving. Sometimes I'm so excited about a Christmas gift that I have a hard time waiting. I think the best Christmas gift I ever bought for my wife was when I bought her a dog. And I gave it to her in October. Um, that was the Christmas gift that year. Now, now, Christmas morning was a little different, but, but we, I just couldn't wait. I was so excited for it. Christmas is one of those times a year that we anticipate, we're excited about, and we want to share it with those that we love. Well, we don't have to wait till this evening. This morning, we are gathering for our Christmas Eve service as we get to remember what Jesus came to do for us, that he was the light of the world. And as we remember that great truth, that we might understand that it is a joy and an honor for us to share that truth with others. This morning, we are going to continue in a discussion that we've been in all month long here at Wildwood about how Jesus is the light of the world. Today, we're going to continue that conversation by looking at Matthew chapter 5 and Luke chapter 2. As we look at these verses today, I want us to see and remember two things about the opportunity that we have to share the message and the life and the light of Jesus at Christmas time. So what are those two points? Well, the first one I want us to see and remember is this. We are not to be an invisible Christian. Don't be an invisible Christian. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is don't be a secret Jesus follower. Don't just follow him on the inside, but never let anyone else know about it. Don't just follow him in private places without it ever impacting your public life. If we are to follow Christ, it will show up not just on the inside, it certainly begins there, but ultimately what begins on the inside will be seen and known and felt by the world. Now, I want us to see this 
point by looking at Matthew chapter 5. But before we get there, it's helpful for us to remember a verse we looked at several weeks ago in John chapter 8 in verse 12. It is in this verse in the Temple Mount area where Jesus makes this statement. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about how these verses were nothing less than Jesus claiming to be God in the flesh. That God was the light of the world. He was the originator of life. And Jesus coming to the earth was the light arriving, God arriving in the flesh. Jesus makes this claim in John 8. But in Matthew chapter 5, we see something different. Jesus is speaking in a different environment. This time he's speaking out on a mountainside. That's right, in Matthew 5, he's giving the Sermon on the Mount. So he goes up onto the hillside and he gathers around him his disciples, his followers, and Jesus sat down. That was the posture of the teacher in his day. He sits down on the hillside and he begins to teach them. Same Jesus who spoke in the temple here speaks on the mount. And what does he say? He says to them this, He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, does something strike you as odd about this? I mean, in one context, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then in a different context, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. I mean, was he confused? Is he wrong in one spot and not in the other? No, no, Jesus was never wrong. But what did he mean? when he said that we also, in a sense, are the light of the world. Well, what Jesus was getting at is something that we are familiar with in our solar system. What is the source of light in our solar system? The sun. Well done, AJ. Thank you for for helping fill in that gap for us. The sun is the light in our solar system. Now, when we look up in the sky at night, we see another big light. At least it appears to be a light to us, and it is the moon. Now, I'm going to direct this question over to Mike Strauss. Mike, does the moon emit light? (laughs) Help me out here. No, it does not emit light. The moon itself is just a rock, but it reflects to us the light of the sun so that it appears a light to us. Friends, what Jesus was saying was something quite similar He was saying that those who follow me, Jesus was saying, those who spend time with me, those who trust me, those who enter into a relationship with me will have my light reflect off of them into the darkness of this world. That's what Jesus' point was. And this idea shows up clearly in a number of the teachings of the Apostle Paul. One of the things the Apostle Paul said about this was in Galatians chapter 2 in verse 20. When he said, I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live, I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life that we live now, friends, if we have trusted in Christ, is a light reflecting the life of Jesus into the darkness of the world around us. Jesus has set us aflame with his light. And we have the privilege of shining that into the darkness. Paul would also say in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15, 
that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's right, friends. The plan of God to shine his light into our world is to reflect it off of us, his followers, so that others might get to know God better through their interactions and experiences with us. That's why Jesus says that we are the light of the world. And if we're the light of the world, then we should not make that light hard to see. Jesus would say as much when he says that we're like a city on a hill. No one can hide it. Who would want to hide it? A city on a hill was a a place of hope, shining light in the darkness as someone traveled from place to place. Jesus was saying that we might be like a city on a hill that no one would want to hide, that people would be able to find, to find hope and rest and life and light. Not only that, we would be like a light that no one would want to cover, who would take their torch and put it under a bushel. No, we want to let it shine. That was Jesus' point. If we are the light of the world, why would we ever want to conceal it? Why would we ever want to hide it? The plan of God is that we would not be invisible Christians, but we would shine as his light for all to see. Now, how do we shine as Christ's light? Well, Jesus fills in the blank for us. He lets us know. We shine as his light, this passage lets us know, Jesus says, by doing good works. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, when we see that, it makes some sense to us that if we were to live a life of good works, it would positively impact those around us. People would be drawn to a life that was blessing others. But when Jesus says this, he's not just talking about a general life of goodness. He's talking about a life that is good by God's standards. He's talking about a life that is righteous by God's standards. A life that is living consistent with the directions that are found in God's word. This certainly would include a life that is not doing certain things. Murder, lying, stealing, those kinds of things. The, 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 the don'ts of the Ten Commandments and other places. But it also would include a life of to-dos, a life of blessing those who are in need, especially those inside the household of faith, a life of visiting and praying and caring for those who are in prison, a life of helping those who have needs financially within the church, a life of giving and loaning to others, the blessing that God has extended to us, speaking to lift people up and not to tear them down. See, friends, if we lived our lives as Christ has called us to live them, then ultimately the world around us would be positively impacted and would be drawn to the God of hope that we follow. In this way, friends, we are reminded that we are not to be an invisible Christian. Dietrich Bonhoeffer makes this statement. He says, a flight into the invisible is a denial of the call. A community of Jesus which seeks to hide itself has ceased to follow him. It's impossible for us, friends, to follow Christ and keep that faith a secret. But we are to live it in public 
so that the world might know the light of Christ. And so we are reminded that we are not to be an invisible Christian. But the second thing I want us to see is not just that we would not be invisible, but also that we would not be silent, that we would not keep the good news of Jesus to ourselves. And in order to to help unpack this idea, I want us to turn to Luke chapter 2, one of the most famous passages, maybe the most famous passage of Scripture that deals with the birth of Jesus. I want to read Luke 2, verses 8 to 20. Herschel read for us the beginning of chapter 2 earlier. I want to continue now where he left off in Luke 2, beginning in verse 8. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Now, friends, in these verses, as we see the declaration of the angels and the response of the shepherds, we are reminded that this is not a message that we are to keep to ourselves. The first thing we're reminded of is that this, in fact, is good news. Remember, the angels appeared to the shepherds in the sky. What's the first thing they said to them? Fear not. Now, why would they say fear not? Because it was scary to see angels in the sky on that night. This had never happened to them. Again, I think of this every Christmas. For us, it is quite normal for shepherds outside of Bethlehem to see angels in the sky. Because the only time we've ever heard about shepherds in the fields outside of Bethlehem is at Christmas. But this was a unique experience for these folks. So when the angels appeared in the sky, it was terrifying. As Linus said, they were sore afraid. But soon they found out that this was not just bad news. This was good news that was being shared with them. They were not to fear because the angels were bringing good news of great joy for all the people. Now, the fact that this was a message for all the people is underlined by the fact that this message was being delivered to the shepherds. Nobody invited the shepherds to the birth of a king except our God. This was a message for all people. If they were invited, if the Magi were invited from the east, then certainly this was a message for all the people. If you're here today and you're wondering, is the message of Christmas for me? Is the good news of great joy that we're going to talk about in just a moment, is it for me? The answer is absolutely yes. Now, What was this good news of great joy? Well, quite simply, it was that Jesus Christ was born on that night, 
on that day was born in the city of David in the town of Bethlehem. Jesus was born. Jesus was a Savior. He was Christ the Lord. By saying he was Christ the Lord, they were, they were indicating, the angels were indicating that Jesus was the one that the Old Testament had promised the one that God had said would one day come. And when he came, he was to save the people. Now, save them from what? Save us from what? You know, that word Savior can mean a lot of things. Maybe save us from a military battle or save us from a financial debt. It can mean many things. But in this particular instance, when the title is given to Jesus, it it means prominently in this context that Jesus had come to save us from our sins. Our sins had separated us from God. Our sins needed forgiveness. And that forgiveness came in abundance through the work of Jesus Christ, who was born in Bethlehem, lived a perfect life, ultimately dies on the cross to take the penalty that our sins deserve, and then on the third day rose from the dead so that we might be saved from the consequence of our sin. That is good news of great joy for all the people who embrace this truth by faith. Whether that is something you have done in the past in your life or something that you might do even this morning. When we trust in Christ, we have peace with God. That's why the angels went on to say, glory to God in the highest. And peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace between God and us because of what Christ has done. And ultimately, one day when Jesus returns to the earth, peace on the earth, the end of military conflict, the end of misunderstanding, the end of pain and brokenness and divorce and all of the above. One day, Jesus will return to this earth and establish his kingdom of peace here This is good news of great joy for all the people because Jesus came to offer that for us. Well, when the shepherds heard this, what'd they do? Did they go, wow, that was really cool. Let's stay out here in the fields and just tell that story again and again. No, that's not what they did. Instead, the shepherds went to go see what had happened. They said, let's get up. Come on, guys. Let's go to Bethlehem and look for this child that we have been told. And so they they head into town and they begin going house to house. Remember, they knew that it was Bethlehem. That's where the, the baby was. And the identifier would be this baby would be laying in a manger in a animals feeding trough. And so the shepherds begin going house to house, place to place, making known what they had heard about. And then when they see Jesus and what they heard, promised, and talked about was verified, then they return glorifying God, praising him, and no doubt letting all around them know what they had seen and experienced, what had happened. This was a message so good that they could not, they would not, they did not keep it to themselves. And friends, we shouldn't either. We shouldn't keep this good news of Jesus Christ coming for us to ourselves. It's too good a message to keep a secret. Not only are we to not live our lives invisible, but to live our lives in public, but also, friends, we are to tell others 
about the hope and life of Jesus. Now, you might wonder, who are we to tell? Well, remember, this is a message for who? All the people. So that means that there is no one in your family. There is no one on your block. There is no one in your workplace. There is no one in your school, no one on your team that doesn't need to hear this message. You know, this is a message of great joy. You might be thinking, well, I, I don't know if this is a message I'm supposed to share for them. Well, if you find someone that is, has all joy, full joy, they, there's no joy gap in their life. They're just mad. Maybe that's somebody you could think, well, maybe I don't need to tell them about this great message. But the reality is, friends, I think that if we look with honest enough eyes, we realize that there is a need for joy in life, in light, in every corner of our lives. May we not only live our lives in public, but may we also not keep this message to ourselves. I love what Peter said. Peter, one of Jesus' apostles, said in his letter, 1 Peter in chapter 3, he said, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. What was Peter saying? He was saying, hey, live your lives in public. You are the light of the world. And when people look at your life, they will wonder, they will ask, how is it that you live differently than others around me? Why is it that you do this instead of that? Where does this this hope come from in, in the face of the difficulties that you are experiencing in your everyday life? That we might in that moment be able to open our mouths and not keep this glorious and great message to ourselves, but we might be able to tell them the reason for our hope. The light of Christ has shone in our soul, and it's our privilege to let them know that his light can shine in their lives as well. The plan of God is to come in Christ to save us from our sins. And his, mess, his, his plan to get that message to the ends of the earth is through you and I. May we live our lives in public and tell others the reason for our hope in him. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No, y'all know the song. I'm going to let it shine. Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for this incredible truth that we have seen in your word today that reminds us that we have the privilege of reflecting your life, your light into the darkness around us. May you, dear Lord, give us opportunities to do that faithfully in the year ahead, not just on Christmas, but but every day that we might shine your light, loving those around us in your name. And Lord, I pray as we do so, as we love others in your name, that that there would be reasons and opportunities for us to share the reason for our hope, that we might point them to you. Even this week, as we gather with family and friends, that we might remind each other of the hope that is found in Christ. Good news of great joy for all the people. We thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.